What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies and the first annual Star Wars Day Spectacular. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to get right into it. I am joined by Rob Harrison, Brandon. Super excited to be bringing this episode to you as we are going to talk about everything and almost anything Star Wars. So I'll start first with uh, Rob. I'll say welcome to you because this is your brainchild. This was your idea. Yeah, it just seemed um, as the show is creeping up on its third anniversary and, you know, the Matt goes to the movie started as, you know, the Skywalker saga. And it was just Matt talking into the bottom of his phone uh, about the Star Wars uh, trilogies while everything was shut down three years ago. And, and it was coinciding with Star Wars Day, which is becoming a legitimate holiday. Like this is this is more from something just kind of as like a, a dad joke of May the 4th be with you. And, and now like Star Wars is so beloved by so many people that it's become like a day people look forward to and they wish each other well and they celebrate it and they do Star Wars things and and major companies plan releases and plan like sales and they plan all kinds of things around Star Wars Day. Like we, the nerds, have not only have we taken over, we even now have our own holiday like and and it just shows you the flexibility and the importance of Star Wars. Like your nerdy friends like Star Wars, your jock friends like Star Wars, your left-wing friends like Star Wars, your right-wing friends like Star Wars, like your friends from the North, your friends from the South, your friends from everywhere like Star Wars. And it's it's got something for everybody to love. So I'm just really excited that, uh, that we're doing this. And uh, yeah, definitely. Happy Star Wars Day, guys. Yeah, speaking of of nerdy friends, we were we were teasing them a little bit here before we went on air. But uh, <laughs> Harrison, welcome back, man. Uh, it's been quite a while since we've been able to talk. Of, well, eh, not about anything, but definitely podcast wise. I know you've been busy. Couple of you know, it, it seemed like every day for some reason someone was hitting your car with a fender bender. So you had a, <laughs> lot, you had a yeah. lot going on. Um, Seriously, Matt, if we ever fly to Utah to do a, a live show with Harrison and he volunteers to pick us up at the airport, we're just going to get an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll thumb it the whole way there. <laughs> but uh, honestly, man, well, uh, welcome to the show. Um, I mean, we've done Star Wars episodes, so we, we know what Star Wars means to you, but excited to have you back. Oh yeah, I'm I'm I am really excited. I'm glad that I was able to make it work with my schedule to be here for this because this is something that I'm excited to talk about. My granted, I just haven't recorded with you guys in a long time, so I'm excited to do that. But specifically talking about Star Wars, I could not be more excited. Yeah, and um, you know, when Rob came up with this idea, um, I sat there and I talked to Brandon and I was like, here, look at this. Here's like here's the list that we came up with with subjects that we're gonna talk about. And he immediately just started like typing in his phone, asking me questions going, oh, I wonder about this. I, I think this. So it's, it's funny though, as soon as that happened, like Brandon, you were in full, like, okay, I'm starting to make lists. I'm starting to think about what I want. Um, you know, you know what I want to talk about. This is about, I think one of the, like the three times I've ever had notes on these. <laughs> so that shows how much I'm kind of excited to do this. 
Yeah. And Rob, you know, you, you said it before we officially get into it. Uh, this show started with me talking into my phone about star Wars. Um, unfortunately, uh, those episodes on this site are no longer here right now. Um, I have the audio recordings, but when I transferred platforms, uh, some of the stuff that I originally did never actually showed up for whatever reason it didn't transfer. So those original, you know, episodes that I did are are long gone. They're not here on the podcast, but um, we're going to get into it because like we said, we, we've got a lot. So Rob, I'm going to let you kick it off here with the first category that we wanted to talk about. And uh, Harrison, I'll let you go after and then Brandon and I will follow. So Rob, you can you take it away, man. Yeah. So uh, first category we're going to talk about is who has the best lightsaber in all of Star Wars. And each list is going to be whatever you want it to be. So if if there's parts of Star Wars that you haven't really gotten into, like if you're not somebody that's seen Clone Wars or Rebels or if you haven't played all the video games, you know, we're just making our list based off of our kind of impressions. So we're going to start with best lightsaber. And this is one that I think should be a lot of fun. Um, and I'm going to, I've got a couple here that I want to consider, uh, Darth Maul, obviously I, you know, he was really the first character to have something other than just kind of the classic broadsword style lightsaber. That's kind of more of a two handed look. And as cool as it was, I kind of wish every new force user didn't have to come up with some crazy variation on what is already unspeakably the coolest weapon ever created. I mean, there's nothing cooler than a lightsaber. It is the best thing ever made. Um, outside of, outside of his double saber, uh, dark Ray that we just saw a glimpse of her double saber is something I really wish we would have seen more of a follow-up with. Cause that was really clever, really creative and really cool. And they, and they did something with it, not just for the sake of, oh, she's got a different kind of saber, which I kind of think Kylo Ren's saber was a little bit just kind of different for the sake of being different without necessarily being functional. I know there's an in-universe explanation for it. but uh, And then my last one is Maris Brood from the Force Unleashed game. Her lightsabers were more of like a Tonfa style. So if anybody knows the um, the the karate weapon that's very much like a police baton. She had Tonfa style blades that are literally the least practical thing you could ever do with a lightsaber because there's absolutely no way you don't impale yourself or like cut yourself in half with those things, which is kind of what makes them awesome. So that's my list. Pretty darn cool. Harrison, um, there, there's so many to pick from. I, I, I'm going to be surprised if any of us actually pick the same thing, but where, where does your list stand? Man, this is, I mean, I agree with you. Even as Rob was just speaking there, I was like, okay, I got to reconsider everything. Everything on my list is wrong. Um, <laughs> and and here's what I'll say. This is what I wrote down for best lightsaber. Um, immediately Ahsoka, uh, I, her lightsabers are really cool. The white ones in particular, I like that one of them is a shorter blade than the other. And just like the story of how they're white, I think is amazing. Um, as, as, um, and, 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 you know, there's also all the classics that I just want to immediately mention, like Darth Maul in particular, that always excited me as a kid. And then Obi-Wan's in particular, I, I have a lot of affinity for because my brother and I, when we had lightsaber toys and we would battle each other with our lightsabers, he already, always had Anakin's and I always had Obi-Wan. So there's some some nostalgic love for that. Um, but as far as in films, I think my my most favorite is Rey's at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, the orange blade that she has. I, I 
that is probably my favorite lightsaber in all of Star Wars. And it's kind of unpopular opinion, but it's going down as my favorite. Harrison, I swear to God, I literally, I, I said to Brandon, I said, I think my pick is going to cause some people to go WTF, including in this group, because my pick was as much as people hate it, it is the talk has been about that movie. There's something about Ray's lightsaber at the end of the rise of Skywalker, just, you know, the orange saber, the, the size of it, the sound that it makes. Um, there's just something about it that resonated with me. It's something that I want to see in this movie. That's going to be coming out. That's set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. I hope she still has it. Um, but that was my that was my pick, and I really thought I was going to be the only one, and I'd hear you guys like laughing or cackling at the fact that I said that. So um, the fact that somebody else has that on their list, um, but that, that makes you know. me so happy because, like, <laughs> say what you will about that movie. When she ignites that lightsaber at the end of the movie, like I can forget all the trash that came before because that moment is so good. Yeah, that's that's easily for me number one. Um, I, I have to just kind of make a special shout out to Mace Windu's just for the fact of why Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber. Like I'm going to go outside of like actual star Wars, just to the real life, you know, care uh, person of Samuel Jackson and why he wanted a purple lightsaber. Um, so I, I do like that. Um, also I'll give consideration to, to count Dooku's just because of the design of it. I really did like that. Rob, I do agree. Um, you know, there's an in-universe explanation, but kind of the more that's gone, um, I, I am not as impressed with Kylo Ren's as I was when I first saw it. Not that I don't like it, um, but I really like how you just kind of played into that um, when you were talking about your lightsabers. I can already hear Brandon rolling his eyes that you said something good about something that happened in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, he, he he rolled his eyes and gave me the middle finger at the same time. So I'm kidding. He didn't. But uh, Brandon, you you've got the floor. Yeah. Ray's lightsaber. I've always liked. What do you guys <laughs> like? Yes. The issue. I think the ignition like really does sell it because I don't know what it is. It's so good when it just lights up and makes that sound. But. So Ray's is an honorable mention to me. I think just because of the history behind it, I think Anakin's lightsaber deserves to be up there. But for me, my favorite is Cal Kestis's lightsaber. Just because of how much stuff it could do, and especially by Jedi Survivor, where you get like the cross guard and it's this massive like soldier's broadsword, which you can in turn take apart put back together and dual blade it or just keep it as one. And it's something that we don't really get many like lightsabers or any force users with like a five in one weapon, really. And this also mentions like Cal can use a blaster with it as well. Yeah, um, I I actually do really like that mention. Um, it's pretty cool. Maybe we'll see something like that in the future, especially if this guy gets his uh, his own series or shows up in a series, considering his timeline goes right in line with things that we're seeing. So 
Um, I, I do, as Brandon was saying, I, he reminded me, there was one saber I wanted to mention, and that's Ezra Bridgers. I think his lightsaber is really oh. unique and uh, similar thing. Like, we just really haven't seen a lightsaber like that, and I, I really like this. I hope that shows up in the next game, a blaster-saber combo. Yeah, that would be really cool. So, uh, I, I will, uh, I'll start, we're going to, going from best lightsaber, let's, let's talk about the best lightsaber fight. Um, and mine's an easy one. I'm going to go, it's right off the bat, recently seen, incredibly fresh. Um, for those listening, Return of the Jedi is back in theaters. Uh, Brandon and I had the opportunity to go see that when it came out. Um, now I have opinions about return of the Jedi that are still very strong after seeing it recently. Uh, but the one thing that I will say is their Luke invaders fight at the end of return of the Jedi. Um, seeing it in the theater solidified it as my favorite lightsaber battle. Um, there's just a lot of weight and emotion to it. I love the choreography. I will say that I do give an honorable mention. I do think I, I know a lot of people hate it. I really do like the battle between Kylo Ren and Ray and rise of Skywalker on the broken death star. Um, I, I just like something about kind of almost the unchoreographed nature of it, um, where she's just very unfocused swinging at him. I think that actually provides really good moments. Um, but yeah, hands down for me, it's Return of the Jedi, uh, Luke versus Vader. But uh, Rob, I'll, I'll throw it to you and, and where you stand with lightsaber. Yeah, I, I hate that fight, by the way. So, um, yes, you're right. There are a lot of people that dislike that one. So I've got a couple that it's it's really hard for me to pick from. Uh, Anakin versus Obi-Wan, both times we see it. Uh, at the end of Revenge of the uh, of the Sith, when, um, you know, he's he's become Darth Vader. And it's that super just, I think, I think between the setting, the build to that, it's the climax of the movie. It's it's the deterioration of their friendship, of their brotherhood, really. It's it's not even friendship. It's it's beyond that. It's brotherhood and it's gone now. And the emotion of that and the actual lightsaber fight itself is fantastic. And then when we get the rematch of the century in the Obi-Wan series, um, now this time it's it's the same characters, but it's no longer Anakin and Obi-Wan. It's it's Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought there was great use of the force to creatively change the battle. Um, I think though, it's hard to argue against Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul with the exception of the lame way that they ended it and just chopped him in half because he just kind of stood still and watched Obi-Wan jump over top of him and cut him in half up to that point. It's incredible. And you've got duel of the fates in the background, which for my money might be the best star Wars music in that. And you've got a long category to choose from or a long catalog to choose from. I should say of great, great music in this, in this universe, but duel the fates with, with Ray park, you and the dual bladed lightsaber fighting two Jedi at the same time. It's hard to top that for me. Uh, Harrison, I'm going to let you go next, but I'm, I'm going to say a quick thing. Um, as time has gone on, and, and Rob, I, I knew you were going to say what you said, but as time has gone on, I actually 
like the Revenge of the Sith lightsaber battle less and less. Um, but I'll just I'll leave that there. And Harrison, I'll let you uh, you start. Well, that's Harrison's favorite. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, well, that you know, what an opposite, because that that is hands down my favorite. There was a point in time where my brother and I, just from watching it enough times, had the choreography and lines down perfectly to in our backyard, we can reenact it. Like we had planned out spots where like this part in the backyard is this part in the fight. So we made sure to like make our way over there. Uh, it, it has just ingrained itself in my life as like the lightsaber fight. Um, but some others I have to mention is I actually really do. I I'm with you, Matt. I really do enjoy the one between Kylo Ren and Ray on the broken death star. There's something about it. That's just like, feels so unhinged and like unchoreographed. I think is what you said that it's not my favorite, but it's one that I want to mention that like, when I think about lightsaber fights, that's one that comes into the conversation, even if it's not my favorite. I will also say that there are just tons. If you are listening to this episode and you haven't watched the Clone Wars or Rebels and even the Bad Batch, like I know those are kind of like skipped over when it comes to Star Wars canon because it's it's not live action. But there's some fantastic fight scenes in there as well, like the one I'm about to mention uh, between Ahsoka and Darth Vader. Uh Phenomenal fight. I don't want to say too much about it. There's some great fights between Obi-Wan um, and Darth Maul. It, it just just go watch the Clone Wars. They have amazing lightsaber fights, but in particular, Ahsoka and Darth Vader. I I swear, Harrison, the more you and I talk, I, I swear Rob is like fitting us for straight jackets. <laughs> 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 but Brandon, best lightsaber fights. Where do you stand? So I'm really glad, <clears throat> Harrison, you mentioned Rebels, because I'm going to bring that up a couple times later tonight. Um, <clears throat> Maul versus Obi-Wan, the finale definitely deserves to be up there. Ahsoka and Vader, definitely up there. An underrated one to me is Luke versus Vader round one in Empire. We were watching and we both kind of went like, this is some, This is, we don't remember this being this good, but like, to me, the best one, and a lot of people know it, if you know me, is Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan versus Anakin. Just, it's the climax of the entire and um, prequel trilogy. The emotions, it all sets up with the choreography and the ending where Anakin dies and Darth Vader is born. So that is uh, a couple of votes for Revenge of the Sith, actually. Um, so I'm I'm definitely in the minority there in terms of that moment and that time. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. It just something about it almost as it's gone on Rob for me and because I, I, I know how much you're the one who pointed this out to me and then I finally noticed it. Um, I kind of liken it to the throne scene in the last Jedi, where, as you say, it's, you know, when you stop and actually watch that, um, and there's just characters waiting around it, you know, like it's too choreographed. Like that's kind of how that battle and revenge of the Sith feels to me is just everything that they're doing. And I know they're, you know, they're supposed to be two people, um, you know, 
at uh, at their peak fighting, but it it almost has a too choreographed feel to me, um, and and that's just kind of why I I feel like I've just kind of over time started to think that I'm not as big of a fan of it as everybody else. But um, Rob, I will let you start though with where do you think the worst lightsaber fight is? I I think a lot <laughs> of people might just kind of default to the first obi-wan invader fight in a new hope just because of how slow it is um but part of me kind of feels like that's just easy to pick um and and maybe it's already been mentioned as somebody's favorite for you so the worst fight in star wars there's not a close second it's from one of the worst movies in star wars and it is matt you mentioned it already the throne room scene in the last jedi it's a bunch of dudes in red plastic standing around waiting to get their asses kicked. And the cinematography is so poorly planned out that it's so obvious to see it. And the funny thing about that is when you look at like different lists that people will compile on the internet of, you know, best lightsaber fights in star Wars, this one ranks like really high on a lot of people's lists. And it's so bad. Like, the like just weapons clashing in midair and then just like pausing there for whole long beats while they just kind of like look at each other. It's, it's terrible. And, and once, like, if you've never noticed it, go watch it again and, and tell me you can't unsee it once you've seen it. Like the very first time I saw it, it was so obvious and it was like scene breakingly bad for me that I couldn't even really enjoy what was happening because it was so poorly done. And the whole time you can tell like the filmmakers are like, Oh man, guys, we're doing something epic here. And it falls completely flat on its face. And um, it's, it's, it might actually be one of the worst things about one of the worst star Wars movies they've made. And I'm sure we will talk about that more, but we might talk statements. about last Jedi more Old than statements. Once. Old statements. Uh, Harrison, I'll let you go next. Um, for worst fight, you know, man, this is hard. And I think, man, which I'm like, I, I had it written down and I'm looking at it here and you can take mine. It's fine. <laughs> And and this is what I have to say. And I'm really conflicted about this. To me, the worst one is actually surprisingly in agreement with Rob. And here's the reason why. I think why it ranks high on some people's list is that the emotion of that scene works really well. That doing something new that we hadn't really seen in this way in Star Wars where the Sith and the Jedi work together... And, and like, genuinely the fun that it is, like, if I can ignore the blatant problems that are there in choreography and cinematography and stunts, and you see the stunt performers, those royal guards in the back just, like, pumping their arms, and then they just wait, like, like it, it genuinely is bad choreography. It's scene-breaking. I agree. But the first time that I saw the movie, I didn't notice any of that yet because I was so into the emotion of the whole experience and the, the fun of them throwing lightsabers to each other and catching them and, and, like, the thrill of that. And so it's hard for me to say that that's the worst one, but when I come back to it, it's hard not to notice the bad choreography 
even though I do love the movie. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's very hard to see. Well, I should say unsee those major errors in that fight, but the emotion behind it and things that maybe we thought we were going to get where Star Wars might have been going in a new direction, so to speak, um, you know, the first time through really, like you said, Harrison kind of just eluded me um, to everything else. So I think that's pretty good. I'm going to let Brandon go next, though, and talk about his. All right, so I don't know how controversial mine's going to be, but I'm going to say from Attack of the Clones, Anakin versus Count Dooku. And after watching that movie again, I kind of, I was like, this fight, it's just not good, like, at all. I don't, like, the cuts are all over the place. I don't like the little close-up they have where, like, it's their face and their arms just swinging the sabers. You see... Christopher Lee's body double very clearly and then you get like the Yoda fight and that's not even that's like a couple seconds long but I would say the Anakin versus Count Dooku to me is the worst yeah that one's pretty bad yeah I I agree with that um simply because yeah when you go back and similar to the, the last Jedi like once you see the weird cuts and the stunt double and even the floating plastered on head of Christopher Lee. That is massive in that scene. <laughs> it's it is horrible. Um I'm also going to just very quickly say the Palpatine fight is the one against Yoda's I think actually pretty good. Um but that first one even into where he faces Mace Windu, uh that is horrible. That is just close-ups of like Palpatine's nostrils and like it's it's so terrible it's so terrible um it it makes you sit there and go how the hell is this guy a threat to any like to anybody in combat um but then they kind of negate it because he turns around and again his fight with Yoda is actually pretty good but I, I do think that fight and attack of the clones is really really bad um, so I, I'm going to agree with Brandon. I, I think that's probably the worst one for me. I, I agree. I, I, I want to step in and say that there's one other fight that like, I, I still, I don't, I, I contemplate to know that if, if this is, um, my like least favorite worst fight, is that what we were talking about? Um, is when, uh, Palpatine fights like Mace Windu and, uh, Kit Fisto and the other two guys from the Jedi, like, and that they, those, those guys get taken out so instantly. It's like, yeah, I just have to mention that that's kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, the way that, and I'm sure we will talk about this, the way that they treat all of the Jedi in the prequel trilogy, I think is, is pretty dumb, but, (laughs) um, most of them, uh, but, we want to talk about, and boy, a long, long list. Um, we're going to talk about best and worst droid. Um, and let's, let's start with best. Um, mine, I'll start and Harrison, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot over to you after mine is going to be BB eight. That's one of them. Um, I really liked him. I thought he, and it's, it's funny how star Wars, Rob, you and I talked about this. Um, 
that most of the droids that we really love in Star Wars are the ones with no speaking parts. They just make noises. Um, and sometimes the ones that talk um, are the most annoying ones. But for me, BB-8, um, I really liked. Um, I really liked when they picked up uh, Dio in um, Rise of Skywalker. Um, originally, they called him Conehead. Uh, um, but I, um, I, I like BB-8 a lot. Obviously, you got to talk about R2-D2, who started everything for us. But um, I really think, too, I, I think it would be maybe easy to talk about the Mandalorian. But I want to give um, a minute, maybe somebody else feels the same, to uh, K2SO from Rogue One. I feel like that movie doesn't get mentioned enough at how good that movie is, um, especially behind all the circumstances that we heard about it being <clears throat> a train wreck, people leaving, um, the th entire third act being completely reshot. Um, all you heard was horror stories about Rogue One. And for me, it's one of the top movies of Star Wars. Um, so, and I thought he was a really big part of that movie. So, uh, Harrison, I'll, I'll shoot over to you and, um, you know, with best, and then we'll all go through and maybe the worst droids will, uh, maybe be pretty, uh, on par with, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm just going to rapid fire him off. Obviously top of the list without a doubt is R2. He, he's always going to be everybody's favorite droid. I would imagine. Um, and I, you know, same thing, K2SO, DO, BB-8, and you know what? I'll throw in C-3PO that, like, you can't forget him. He's a great droid. I will say that, like, droids that I like that also make it really fun, in particular in the later films, you know, particularly Episode 3, when they add a lot of character to the battle droids, uh, they're fun, and I like that, too. Interesting. Uh, Brandon, I'll, uh, I'll let you go, and Rob, you'll cap off that part. So... <clears throat> Jedi Survivor also continues the trend of the battle droids having personality. Like, I think there's five of them already that talk about getting a raise or a promotion, which is just funny to me as they're just about to get sliced up. I was going to say C-3PO, but then I don't know how this one didn't slip through my mind. I'm going to say BD-1 from Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Because there's a certain scene near the end of it where Cal gets his kyber crystal where BD-1 really kind of completes what Cal was missing and kind of shows him what he needs to do. And that scene is probably one of my favorites in Star Wars. Rob, where do you stand with droids, man? Best droid, haven't mentioned it yet, and I'm kind of surprised, but it's HK-47 from Knights of the Old Republic. Just an assassin droid that walks around calling all the humans meat bags. What more do you want? Um, Star, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is one of the best games uh, ever made. If you listen to our uh, top 100 video game show, you'll know I had it very, very high on my list. It's continually re-released. Uh, for new systems and it's it's a it's a game that's beloved by fans so hk47 definitely there for me r2d2 not enough love gets put to this little guy here so in all of star wars how many characters can you think of that are more loyal that show more bravery show more intelligence and cunning and are willing to get things done the way that r2 is 
And he doesn't speak a single word that any of us can understand. And yet we love this little guy. And pretty much like if you had given him the combat capabilities of something like HK-47, I kind of feel like the the movie would have been over real fast. Because R2 is just smarter than everybody, more cunning and and more willing to get things done and and more loyal to his friends. So, yeah, definitely love for R2. Um, and then I'm going to go uh, from The Mandalorian, IG-11, after Quill kind of reprograms him. Uh, he's actually a lot of fun when we first meet him as, as a bounty hunter droid. But when he gets reprogrammed and has that great moment at the end of the first season, um, really a lot of fun. And uh, I'm a big fan of IG-11. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. He should be, he should be absolutely on the list. Um, I am one of those people, though, uh, switching gears that I agree with. I, I don't know if you'd call it the majority, but I think he got worse over time. Um, it's gotten to the point where I really couldn't stand C3PO. Um, I thought what made him endearing, uh, also then eventually made him become annoying. Um, so as far as worst droid goes, I really just, I, I have one to mention and it's, it's C3PO for me. Cause I feel like, you know, they just, they saturated what they just gave too much of what made him appealing in the original movies. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's the only one that I'm going to put on my list. So, uh, I'll just go back in the same order. Harrison, do you have any that you really just are like, I had no use for them? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, no, I, I'm like trying to go through some in my head and I, I can't, can't really think of any. All right, Brandon, I know you have one. So we could definitely say sequel trilogy C3PL, but I can't really think of anyone that's like bad, bad. So let's talk about General Grievous and Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> a character I feel like just shows up just to be marketing and he doesn't do much except for <coughs> for most of the movie, but I Lest guess we forget General Kenobi. General Kenobi. <laughs> but like other than that, like he doesn't really do much at all in the movies. And Clone Wars, I guess they make it a little bit better. His backstory is good, but you kind of have to go out of your way to like find that out. So Rob, anybody that you want to add to the list? You know, that was one I kind of struggled with. Um I like C-3PO in the prequel and original trilogy at times in the sequel trilogy, he gets to be a bit much, but I wouldn't, it's not enough where I actually would say he's my least favorite. All right. Well, we're going to switch a little bit here to a, a hypothetical. So I think there'll be some, you know, personal reasons and Rob, I'll let you go first on this. We're going to talk and you can do both. What Jedi Master do you think you would train under, and what Sith Lord would you Sith Lord would you train under? So for Jedi Master, it wouldn't be Luke because I really don't want to get murdered in my sleep because he had a bad dream. I mean, thank God 
my wife doesn't have access to a lightsaber because all the crap I get blamed for that have only ever happened in her dreams, I would have been sliced in half multiple times over. So definitely not Luke. Uh, I'm going to go Obi-Wan. I, I think he's got the right balance of pushing you, guiding you. Um, I think, you know, Yoda would be fun, but he, he just, everything is a puzzle and he, he's just not straightforward enough sometimes. So uh, I'm going to pick uh, Obi-Wan for the Jedi master. I would most like to work with. And for Sith Lord, you know, until you really get into the expanded fiction, we don't get a lot of them. So for me, I'm going to stick with Palpatine because you get that force lightning. He's a master manipulator. He's the puppeteer that's always pulling everyone's strings. He always seems like he's four steps ahead of everybody because Matt, to your point that you mention a lot in the prequel trilogy, the Jedi are painted as absolute Barney Fife bumbling morons that can't get out of their own way. And Palpatine is happy to just play them, you know, so easily. So uh, Palpatine would be my choice. Very interesting. Um, so for me, I would have to just because, and this is something I'll talk about when we get into a couple other categories, I would like to train under Ahsoka. Um, I love her story about how she walked away from the Jedi on her own, but never, you know, turned. Um, also how we've seen her in the Mandalorian. Um, I, I really like her. I think she's done a, you know, I, I think she's a really good character. I think for people that don't totally know her, um, depending on how the show goes, I think that, uh, yeah, I think she's going to become very quickly a much more popular character um, than she already is. But uh, for me, with a Sith, I actually um, I I'm going to take the expanded universe and I'm going to say that I would love to be with Starkiller if I were a Sith. Mm. Um, I like him a lot. I like those games a lot. I like that story. I wish it would be adapted, um, but I I really dig Star Killer. So, uh, Harrison, I'll let you go last, um, and we'll let Brandon go through and and tell us his. So they've had serious reasons for it. For Jedi, I'm picking Anakin because of how everything goes in the Clone Wars. They go off mission. Sometimes they're having a really good time with Ahsoka, but just being with the Chosen One and training with, with him sounds pretty cool. And with Sith, I'm going to a video game as well. I'd like to train with Revan because Revan didn't betray, didn't betray anyone except for the Jedi. And also, I'd love to train with myself. So that's, that's who I choose. <laughs> All right, Harrison, where uh, where would you stand, man? This is something that I gave a lot of thought, and I I love that you guys said train with Ahsoka. Like that's not something that I thought of, but I would totally love to do. Um, but the 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 Jedi that I put down that I wanted to train with is um, Qui Gon Jinn. I just, I just think that that he was like everything I love about Soka and everything I love about Obi-Wan together. And Ahsoka and Obi-Wan were the two I put down. I was like, well, it's just Qui-Gon obviously. Uh, so yeah, hundred percent. It would be Qui-Gon. 
as as far as Sith goes, I mean, there's not a lot that I really know of. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with I, Matt. I believe it was you with Star Killer. I think you know a lot of that is just my love for the game. So yeah, um, I, I just for whatever reason I always really really liked Star Killer. Um, I was surprised that game never got a third. Um, but who knows? Maybe with with Star Wars games becoming more and more popular and you know this remake of knights of the old republic which hopefully we hear something soon um because the last news we heard was not good news but um we'll switch we'll go best vehicle and best creature in star wars and rob i'm going to defer to you and let you go first here so there's a lot of great vehicles in star wars some of the appeal of this world and in this universe is the creativity that goes into designing some of these things they they look like they should maybe work but they're also crazy and outlandish and and don't like if you ever actually look at how a modern jet is built it doesn't look anything like a tie fighter on purpose like tie fighters would actually be a terrible aerial vehicle to use because of the visibility and stuff like that like being cut off but like it's star wars and we don't care you know like it's 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 just how cool that they make some of these these creations. So for me, the tie interceptor I think is a phenomenal design. It just looks evil and mean and cool. Got to give love to the Razor Crest. Obviously, pre you know season two when it gets blowed up, um, the Stinger Mantis from Fallen Order is such a cool vehicle. The way that um, everything kind of rotates around. But there's there's one choice and one choice only for me, and it's the Millennium Falcon. It is. It's the most iconic of all of them. Uh, quick story. So over uh, one of the the breaks from school this year, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to take our kids to Disney World for the very first time. I hadn't been there in, in, in ages and they had never been there before. And certainly I'd never been. I hadn't been there since Galaxy's Edge opened up and, and that whole Star Wars part of of Hollywood Studios. And when you when you walk into the area where that is. And they've got a replica of the Millennium Falcon. You just like you just stare in awe. And I know it's not real. I know it's not real. And it's still like it. I felt like I was looking at something important. Like it just it was like an awestruck moment. Like this was this was something of importance. Like it's so hard to describe. Like when you first walk around the corner and boom, there it is. That's the Millennium Falcon right in front of you. And there's not a lot of things that I think can have that kind of impact. So for me, that's that's absolutely my number one. For best creature, man, there's a lot you can choose from. Uh, Star Wars is really good at doing a lot of things. It's good at, at humor. It's good at heroes. It's good at, at cutesy little animals. And the porgs are great. Except for that really creepy moment where Chewie is eating one right in front of a whole bunch of other ones in The Last Jedi. Like that moment just falls flat on its face. I hate that. But the porgs themselves are awesome and adorable. Uh, my favorite creature, though, is the Rancor. Just this big, ugly, nasty thing that they throw you in a pit with to punish you. Like, I just love that. So uh, I'm going with the Rancor. Yeah, um, I'll just because that's exactly what I was going to say for creature. Um, I don't I mean, to me, there's there's no other answer for me. The Razor Crest is really cool. And yeah, there's there's just something about the Millennium Falcon. Just 
the first time I saw Star Wars, the first time you see that vehicle, um, it, it's just, you know, it's it's like a fine bottle of wine. It gets better with age. So, Rob, I don't I don't have much more to say other than I, I totally agree with that. So my favorite vehicle is a classic. It's a hundreds of pieces of Legos. It's a it's a Millennium Falcon. Just the sound design the way it moves, especially in like the force awakens and Jakku just even if you don't know much about star Wars, you'll know what that ship is. As soon as you see it, I can't say much that hasn't been said. So I'll just go on. My favorite creature is probably just of how much they've given us in Knights or the old Republic. You go to their planet and it's great. You get a lot more of them. Mine is the Wookiees. Obviously, you only really see Chewbacca for the most of them, but like what they expand upon is actually really, really good. All right, Harrison, you're up. Um, yeah, very similar thing. It's uh, my favorite vehicle is obviously the Millennium Falcon, without a doubt. And I'm glad that Brandon mentioned uh, the Force Awakens. The flying scenes in the Force Awakens with the Millennium Falcon are some of my favorite in all of Star Wars. Um, and and one other vehicle that I have to mention is I don't know what the name of the vehicle is. It's the or the the yellow one that Anakin goes in to pick up Obi Wan when they're chasing the bounty hunter in Episode Two. Does anyone know the name of that? You know? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It has an open cockpit. Yes, but I don't know the name. I don't know the name of it, but uh, like I don't know why I've always had an obsession with that vehicle. I think part of the reason was that it was like I I had a lot of Star Wars toys when I was I was, when I was a kid, and I've mentioned many times in this pocket podcast that like i was a kid during the prequel era and one of the toys that i just was never allowed to buy and i wanted so badly was a toy of that ship uh that vehicle uh and i just and so i I think it just like made me want it more and so i just remember that uh so favorite vehicle obviously the falcon um i also just have to mention honorable mention anakin and ahsoka ship in the clone wars very cool ship as well um as far as favorite creature goes um I'm going to go with uh, the the Ewoks. I've just always loved them. I've always thought they were adorable. Um, I was going to say Wookiees, but Brandon took that. So just for the sake of difference, Ewoks, which are just like mini Wookiees. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> so and see, you know, I I always kind of was back and forth um, on the Ewoks, but seeing them again i was like all right like whatever you got me you're cute like (laughs) (laughs) um surprisingly enough and i I won't get into i I won't get into a big thing but you know brandon and i said this you know for for anybody that's listening to this episode you you don't need to hear this i'm sure but it was really surprising to see how many people had shown up to watch return of the Jedi when I'm sure almost anybody that's listening to this episode or anybody like you probably have Disney plus you probably own these movies. Um, but there was a pretty good showing of people at this, um, you know, at this, at this movie. And then to see things like on my TikTok feed and things like that, like you see people in the theater and, I don't know, like some people say it's cheesy, but 
you see people when Anakin's force ghost shows up at the end um, of return of the Jedi, which I think is the only good addition that George Lucas did uh, to those movies um, when he added all of that other stuff. But it was funny to see people like actually clapping at Hayden Christensen, like being on the screen and stuff like that. It, it was really cool. Yeah, because when that first that change first happened, people hated it. Hated it. Many still do. But and I mean, many people, Rob, you and I have talked about this more than realistic. Well, Brandon, and I have talked about it a lot, but like more than like me and Harrison and or me, you and Harrison, um, you know, the the love that Hayden Christensen gets now from Star Wars fans is so cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. So but why don't we move into our next category? And I think this is one that I I want to go to because there's, there's so much to talk from. And I think it's just it's something that uh, can branch a lot of conversations. I, I want to talk about the worst line in star Wars and Harrison, I'm putting you on the spot. You're going first. Oh, okay. I have this one blank because there's so many. One, I'm pretty sure that I'm forgetting a bunch. Like, I cannot recall every scene in Star Wars. Sorry. Uh, but but what what my reaction, like my impulse is, uh, is one of two things. Um, and I, I think that I'm just going to go with the delivery when Ray is told that she's a Palpatine, I, I mean, there's a lot of that that I'm going to talk about how that might just be the worst story decision ever. And I love the Rise of Skywalker. I do. But, but like, I don't even remember the line. But, like, the way that she's told she's a Palpatine, I was just like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Like, every time I watch it, it bothers me. And, and it's not just the story choice. It's, like, the way that it's delivered. And it's so bad that I can't even remember it. Like, I choose to forget it every time I watch the movie. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going to go with. Oh, I, I re- you don't just have power. You have his power. Uh, yes, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Thank you. That, well. Well, not thank you, but thank I, you. I want to do that to annoy somebody with like just stupid random things. Like if they ask me to hand them something like, hey, could you pass the ketchup? You don't just have ketchup. You have Heinz ketchup. Like <laughs> just, just annoying, dumb crap. So people look at me and just are like, all right, you can you can leave. Um, but yeah, that's as much as I love Rise of Skywalker, that. Uh, again, that that's a whole nother topic that we can talk about during this episode. But that, yeah, just the way that that's casually thrown out there. It's like, well, first of all, you can see it coming from a mile away. Second of all, should have been a bigger deal. But anyway, um, Rob, I, I know I have one, but right off the bat. But where do you stand in the the worst line that's ever been uttered in Star Wars? Because... You know, George Lucas knows how to write some barn burner dialogue. <laughs> he might be the very best at it. Yeah, there's um, there's some things to pick from, um, particularly in the prequel trilogy. You could almost just point at the script for Attack of the Clones and say there's the worst line right there. Um, 
but I'm just going to, I'm going to single two things out. Now there's, there's certain things and, and you could almost make this uh, like the tagline of the show in general that nobody hates star Wars. Like people who love star Wars. We've, we've said it once we've said it a million times and there's, there's many things throughout star Wars that get hated on by fans and, and hated and hated and hated almost to the point where it's just trite to continue to talk about it. And that being said, and sometimes in many cases it's overdone, but sometimes it's right. And the line now this is pod racing is just bad. It's, it's bad. It's objectively bad and it's stupid. And um, yeah, it's, it just should have been left on the cutting room floor. A lot of that actually should have been left on the cutting room floor, but the, the high watermark for bad dialogue is the entire conversation around I don't like sand. It's coarse, it gets everywhere. Just that whole bit is awful. Most of the wooing of Anakin and Padme together, so many of their scenes are just so poorly written, so poorly directed. And as we've talked about before, it's not that the two actors there are are bad actors or or not talented. Uh certainly Natalie Portman among the most talented actresses working today, uh, absolutely in the conversation, um, see her in literally anything that's not this. And you're blown away with how good she is. And Hayden Christensen is not a bad actor at all. There's certainly worse actors than him working in Hollywood, getting more work than him. Um, and it's just such poorly written. Um, and, and to be fair, in a lot of cases, there's over-reliance on CG that it's it's tough to work against when there's really nothing there. But the whole I don't like sand bit, that's the worst. There's not another answer. Yeah, I I it's it's terrible. It's horrible delivery. Again, he doesn't have a ton to work with. Um I I think an honorable mention though for me too is that a whole it's not just a single line but almost that entire dialogue where Padme goes to see Anakin and you know that's where she starts developing her broken heart that you know ultimately takes her life um I just those lines too are just are horrible like you're supposed to feel something that these two are you know growing apart and they're in different directions. Um, but you just, I don't know. I can't help but laugh at how cringeworthy all of it is. Um, especially when Anakin hits his puberty voice to call Obi-Wan a liar. Um, I, I just think it's terrible. He's holding me back. He's <laughs> <laughs> so, But yeah, God, he's so. Oh my God, he's so whiny in the prequels. But Brandon, where do you where do you stand? So as much as I want to say like the I don't like San or the infamous Rise of Skywalker line, those two have just become a meme to me. So I I just can't say it how much I use it in jokes. But to me, worst line is in the Last Jedi. They've tracked us through hyperspace. That's impossible. It is, but somehow they did it. <laughs> if that's not if, like, if that is not like the entire problem with that sequel trilogy, like it's right blatantly there. 
Yeah, we actually talked about that the other day, like long before somehow Palpatine returned, like they they use an equally, you know, what WTF line in The Last Jedi of, oh, I guess they can just do things like, OK, sure, no problem. So I I just there 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 are Rob you said it though there's there's so many but the thing is is and, and there's so many bad lines in the original trilogy but there's a lot more you know there's a lot more charisma um certainly in the original trilogy um with certain aspects so it's easier to overlook those but in in some of the prequel trilogy and in the sequel trilogy there's there's just not enough of that spark that made the original so special with certain things to to really kind of overlook um you know some of that you know typical bad dialogue that Star Wars has yeah so i think i i really want to get into this um this next one but i'm going to i'm going to hold off we're going to save this one for a little bit later um so, Rob, you came up with this one, and I like, well, I mean, this was your creation, but this was one that you added. Um, best anti-hero. So I'm going to let you go first and talk about an anti-hero that you have on your list. So there's there's a lot of them throughout the galaxy, and... You know, we can certainly talk about villains and heroes, but there's there's some of these some of these characters that we love the most throughout all of literature. You know, you think about the Punisher, you think about Wolverine, you think about to some extent Batman. They they really fall outside of of our standard hero kind of uh, of model. And Star Wars has some of the best examples of them. So uh, for me, the best anti heroes. Um, I don't like so I might disagree with with others on the panel on this i don't actually consider han an anti-hero for most of his on-screen time because most of his time that we see him he is working directly with the rebellion at great personal risk he starts life as an anti-hero but i i see him more as as one of our heroes so to me um how do you not mention din jaren as a great anti-hero certainly he's doing right by raising grogu and protecting him and following his creed and doing what he thinks is right. But he's definitely playing outside the lines of, of certain moral codes at, at different times and certain laws uh, to get things done that he needs to get done. So that, that to me, it puts him in anti-hero rage. And, and we, we love Din Djarin here at MGTTM. Uh, the best anti-hero though, it's Boba Fett. It always has been, always will be. Um, they've certainly tried to flesh him out a little bit. And to some extent, I think that that's almost reduced his, his cool anti-hero sort of vibe because it was cooler when he had like seven lines of dialogue in, in all of the, all of star Wars prior to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely Boba Fett. I would kind of like to see them do a second season of book of Boba Fett. I'd sort of like to see what he does, um, you know, as Daimyo and, and love to see that continue. But, uh, yeah, those are my two. Yeah, it's an all I, Mandalorian list. <laughs> I I agree with those. I'm not I'm not going to repeat what you said, other than saying I agree with those. So, uh, Brandon, I'll let you go next. Harrison, I'll let you cap off. So, I'm going to throw in an animated one, 
I'm going to say Asajj Ventress from the Clone Wars. And I'm going to include her kind of redemption in the comics and everything. Just It's a nice story that we see. Well, just kind of contradicting myself that we mostly see fleshed out. And that's pretty much settled in a good way, I would say. Plus, she's got like a cool kind of dual wielding style. Harrison, who 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 goes on your list? Um, I'm gonna say Saw Guerrera. Mm. Um, I, I think that he's like a good, you know, just to add to the list. Obviously, I'm right there with you with Din Djarin, Boba Fett, but uh, Saw Guerrera, I, I really like. Also, I just realized that I have hardly mentioned Rogue One, and that is horrible. Uh, and I need to re- fix that <laughs> through the rest of the episode. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think some of the categories that are coming up will be prime for talking about Rogue One. Um, However, I do have to mention, I am very frustrated that in the worst line, and I have to mention this because it is the worst line, is in The Rise of Skywalker when um, General Huck says, I'm the oh, spy. Like, yeah, that's horrible. I'm Jesus so mad that's that. horrible. Wow. Yeah. All right. What? <laughs> so, all right. Let's let's go into boy. What why don't we go into best video game? Let's let's get that out of the way because some of these other ones we're we're going to talk about underrated characters, best movie like I I think those are going to take some some real discussion and probably a lot of back and forth um especially if anything's mentioned about Rise of Skywalker or The Last Jedi. Um, So (laughs) best video game. uh, I'll go first. I still think for me, um, again, it's a lot of in the moment. I had never gotten anything like this from Star Wars. Um, I certainly have not played Survivor yet, so I can't rank it. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic is still going to be number one for me. I really also enjoy um, the Force Unleashed, the first one. I like the second one a lot, too. Um, But for me, there's still nothing like going through Knights of the Old Republic, spending countless hours with it, um, and just being absolutely enthralled with the gameplay, the twists, the turns. Uh, Nothing has really hit me like Knights of the Old Republic, so... And there's some good games. I mean, I really did like Rob. You made fun of the line, but I, I thought the pod racing game that came out for Star Wars was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but in terms of just overall feeling, boy, Knights of the Old Republic. If if you were into games when that first came out, and that was like when you were kind of growing up or whatever with video games, there just there wasn't anything like it from Star Wars. So. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go next. Harrison, I'll we'll have you go after that. Yeah, number one is definitely Kotor for all the reasons you mentioned. It's it's just it was so good. It was the best of RPGs, and you mixed it with Star Wars, and you did it right. I mean, how much better can you get than that? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order was was fantastic. It told such an amazing story. It it fleshed out more of this period of time that I think we all have some kind of some some questions about, and a character we we definitely want to see going forward. I too have not played the new uh, the newest one that just came out. Haven't had a chance to get to it yet. I know that I will. Uh, Force Unleashed. I loved the first one. 
the second one I enjoyed as, as well, but I think the first one, it was really the first time that you got to just absolutely kick ass with the force without there being any repercussions or like having to worry about, well, I probably shouldn't have done that. That's against the Jedi code. Nah, man, you just pick a stormtrooper up in the air, you shoot him full of force light, and then you throw him into a big pile of his buddies and just watch the carnage. It was, it wasn't like a sandbox style game, but the creativity that you were empowered to have with the force, like if you wanted to pick a stormtrooper up and just chuck them through a window, you could do it. Like if you wanted to pick them up and drop them off a bridge, you could do it. And the way that you would just felt rewarded with all the creative combinations of using the force together um, was, and the best thing too, is that you start the game off as Vader with the force powers maxed out. And he just walks so slow because he doesn't have Darth Vader doesn't have to run anywhere. And it's just obvious. And normally if a character walks slow in a video game, it's frustrating, but as Darth Vader, it's, it works. It's effective. So that's my list. Wow. Well, what can I add to what's been said? Um, here's what I have to say. I have not played sadly, uh, Jedi fallen order or Knights of the old Republic, but that does not prevent me from saying those are among some of the best star Wars games ever. Um, obviously the force unleashed. I did play. I'm a huge fan of, but two that have not been mentioned, that are my top two, and they're pretty equal, uh, is Battlefront 2, the original one that was released on PS2 and PSP. The hours that I put into that game, I love Battlefront 2. Like, I knew every map on the back of my hand. Like, you know that you know a map well, that when you see, like, a screenshot of an area, you immediately know where it is. And, like, you know how to get there, and you know how to get there the back way when, like, you're playing on split screen and you see that your brother's there. You're like, I'm going to go the back way. <laughs> like, like that, that's how much I know Battlefront 2. And the other one that is my all-time favorite uh, Star Wars game ever is Lego Star Wars, the original mm. trilogy. I don't know if that really counts because it's a Lego game, but Lego Star Wars, the original trilogy. Oh, it counts. It counts. And it's a great entry. Harrison. So yeah, specifically the original trilogy. Though. I'm I'm actually surprised because when you started talking, I, I pointed to Brandon and I said, I bet you he mentions the Revenge of the Sith video game. So I was I was surprised I didn't hear that from you. I never played it, sadly. I mean, I think that if I would have, I that might like be like my all-time favorite game ever, just in the way that it would combine with nostalgia and childhood and all that. But I, I never played it, sadly. All right, Brandon, you're capping off the list. So I need to make a shout out to the newer Battlefront Two and how it is now. You go into it, no microtransactions, and it's just a really fun game to dress up as clone troopers and shoot around in. And I think another one. I was going to say a Lego game because those 100% count. The Skywalker saga is actually very good, like very big. Everyone is in it, I think. But to me, I haven't I've played a good chunk of Jedi Survivor. And even with its technical issues, I'm still enjoying it. But I think for now, Fallen Order was to me the complete package of like story, gameplay, worlds yes it does have problems but man the twist and the twist at the end is still unbelievable to this day and i'm gonna also throw a little bit of shout out to knights of the old republic i think the game's aged a lot after beating it not too long ago 
think some of the gameplay, the level design has completely shown its age. But man, the story, the characters, the worlds, all of it just hits so well. And I'm so ready for like 2025 to hit. And that remake blows me away. Brandon can get off my lawn right now. I, I knew it. <laughs> I was like, they're going to hate me for what I'm going to say. Uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, I do want to add. Oh, you oh know, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that like the, I, I can't say much to defend the Knights of the Old Republic, but I feel like that's like sacred ground you're on. Like, oh, yeah. The amount of times that, that like the, my friends and I, we had conversations and none of us had played the game. Like we would knew about the game from other people that played the game, but we were practically playing the game. Like it captured culture so well. Yeah. Like that twist to me is like on par with the Empire Strikes Back twist. Like there is nothing like the story in that game, which is why I just can't wait for that remake to make everything else better in it. Now, I also want to add that if if Lego games do totally count, I have to mention Lego Star Wars 3, The Clone Wars. That is like one of the most underrated Lego games ever. Like if you like Lego games, that might be up there. Uh, with some of the best, particularly in the, the way that it like took Clone Wars as an idea. Like you literally command armies of clones and battle each other. It's pretty epic. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite Star Wars games. Yeah, the the Lego games have have always been really fun. Um, and and yeah, the Skywalker saga. I was really impressed with how they put that together. But yeah, even you know the games for things that weren't really well received like clone like i thought those games were really really well done um so switching we're gonna go our best hero and we're gonna go our best villain in star wars now let's start with our best let's start with villain let's start with our best villain um and to me you have to be there's one obvious choice but to me you have to be into star wars lore and other mediums uh for me to make this decision and based on comic books books t- the tv shows i am actually going with darth maul as my favorite villain in star wars i think his story is really good specifically how it ends um I think that's a really somewhat spoilers touching scene. Um, how his how his journey ends, and I I think he is just unbelievable. I hope to God we get even if it's not a sequel to Solo. Um, I hope we get the story that they were planning to tell. Um, from what it looked like was going to be the end of that movie, but for me. Darth Maul is my favorite villain in Star Wars. I think he's fantastic. Um, Harrison, I'll let I'll let you go next with a villain. Uh, villain? Yeah. Oh, I, I think I had my mind made up, and now I'm not sure. Um, is it George Brian Lucas? <laughs> George. <laughs> Did Brandon said Disney? Yeah, Matt. Right as you were saying George Lucas, I said Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Oh, come on. Now you can get off Harrison's lawn. <laughs> yes. You can get out of my zip code. Um, 
wow, my I I have completely forgot what I was going to say. Uh, come back to me, and I'll remember. All right, Rob, why don't you why don't you go next? You 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 flustered Harrison. <laughs> so yeah, I I, I uh, uttered the name of Ryan Johnson. Um, so for best villain, now the the question as who is the best villain has the same answer. If we were talking about star Wars or just fiction in general, when uh, I, I host the official spinoff of uh, Matt goes to the movies in the extended podcast universe, a little show we call Rob's reviews. When I do that with my brother, Eric, and we do this segment called villainy index and we rank it on a scale of one to 10. And I, I use number one is like the lamest villain I can think of. And I, and I rotate that through, but, but 10 is always 10. And 10 is always the same character. And the best villain in Star Wars, the best villain in all of fiction is Darth Vader. Full stop. It's Vader. No further questions will be taken on the matter. It's it, it's just obvious. He is the best. He's the gold standard in villainy. He's awesome. He's tortured. He's complex. He's threatening. He's intimidating. He can do some bad stuff. He's powerful. He's everything you want in a villain. Now, outside of the blatantly obvious answer of Darth Vader. I do want to mention uh, honorable dishonorable mentions. Perhaps uh, Moff Gideon has been a phenomenal villain in, in the Mandalorian season. Um, part of it is, is John Carlo just being John Carlo and being great at everything he does as, as those kinds of characters. He's just, he's among the best to ever do that sort of character ever. Um, it, you know, it's, it's uh it's him and and why am I blanking on the actor who plays Negan? Uh, he was also the comedian in Watchmen. Why am I blanking? Jeffrey on Dean Morgan. Thank you. I knew it was a, I knew he had three names. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and, and John Carlo Esposito. It's it's those guys. Um, it, they're the best at what they do in those kind of characters. Uh, so Moff Gideon and uh, I actually really dig Jabba the Hutt. I think he's such a creative villain i think i think he's he occupies a unique space in star wars we don't see a lot of villains like him and uh i just i i really like what they do with him and i, and I think the huts in general are pretty cool yeah that's a that's an interesting mention job of the hut I, I i yeah i feel like he should be mentioned in in a list so brandon i'll let you go next so my Initial answer is going to be the same. He's one of the few things that Disney has gone right. I swear they are immune to messing him up. It's Vader. Just everything new we've gone to with him. The comics are amazing. As soon as you hear that breathing, you know who it is. You might not even like Star Wars, but you hear those metal footsteps and the breathing. You know you're messed up. Now, now, honorable mention, I'm probably going to mention her later again, but seeing Trilla, the second sister in Fallen Order, kind of grow with Cal was something that, like, I kind of look back on it, and I'm like, Trilla was very good as a villain, as an antagonist, even if she gets that tiny bit of redemption. Her, like, her way of speech is just so, it's so great. And I wish we didn't. I wish Reva wasn't as bad as in Kenobi after I played Fallen Order because I felt like I got a delicious steak and then I got it like raw afterwards. All right, Harrison, have you had time to gather your thoughts? 
I have, I have, and when um, Brandon started to say it's someone that Disney has messed up, my ob- besides the obvious answer, the correct answer, which is Darth Vader, like he's Darth Vader. Come on, but besides <laughs> that, um, it, in all honesty, is Kylo Ren, and 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 I think that that it's it's complex because like, is he a villain? I don't know, but like. In say what you will about the sequel trilogies, and including Rob, whatever he says about the Last Jedi, Kylo Ren consistently has been an exceptional part of it. Especially, I like that from the get go they did something interesting. That for the first time we had somebody who felt a pull to the light side, but was a villain and was like trying to eradicate that nature out of him. I think he's a really intriguing villain, and I like watching him in all of the movies. Yeah, no, I I think that's probably one of the things that they did completely right in the sequel trilogy. I actually like his arc. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, So let's switch to our best hero of star Wars and Rob, I'll let you go first on best hero. Yeah. So best hero, I think the obvious answer for a lot of people is likely Han Solo. I think he's, I think he's likely most people's favorite character. Um, in a lot of ways, I think you can make a case for Luke for sure. Um, you can absolutely make a case for Obi-Wan, particularly, uh, post the, the Obi-Wan show on Disney plus, um, the correct answer is Leia and starting with her appearance chronologically in the Obi-Wan show, then later in the original trilogy, and you finish up with what the sequel trilogy shows us and also kind of implies to sort of fill in the gaps of the things that they weren't able to show us, but implied that she did and was a part of it, She's a total badass. I mean, just absolute badass. And she makes the hard choices. She cares deeply about her family. She cares deeply about freedom and democracy and doing the most good for the people who have entrusted her to be their leader. Uh, I just can't say enough things about how great of a character and how worthy of a hero Leia is. I I think that's an answer that maybe a lot of people wouldn't actually, I, I don't know that a lot of people would think of that and, and say that um, maybe I'm completely wrong. Um, I, I, to me, I feel like most people would say Luke Skywalker. Um, for me, this is just my personal. Um, I still am just, I, I wish we had more time. I wish we had more things. Um, I, I'm going with Qui-Gon. I, I loved Qui-Gon in The Phantom Menace. I, I thought he was probably, out of all of the Jedi that were presented, I thought he was the best presented Jedi. Um, but for, for me, it's Qui-Gon. I I have no other answer. Brandon, I'll let you go next. So, obviously, we know about films, and one of the most common tropes is the hero's journey. And watching Return of the Jedi, it really just reinstates it, is my favorite hero is Luke. It starts off with just a boy wanting to get off this sand-filled planet it's coarse, it's rough, it gets everywhere. <laughs> he just wants to leave. Then he gets wrapped up in this supposed planet is exploding. This somewhat looking moon pulls him in. 
all of a sudden his uncle's dead. And then he just he has to go through a very rough journey of just learning the force, ending up learning his father killed his uncle, done all this stuff. And it really it all just works after rewatching the original trilogy. There's something about it that just works. And we'll get into it with my favorite line. But his conclusion in Return of the Jedi just feels perfect to me. All right, Harrison, you're up, man. Wow. This is a complex question because I think it was Rob that said this earlier. This is something that Star Wars gets consistently right, and that's heroes. Who who could you not... Um, like... You could just list so many. Who who could you not mention, in essence? Um, and I think that my answer to this question would change consist. Not it would. It does change consistently depending on my mood and, and time in my life and what I'm thinking. But right now, at the recording of this podcast, I have three favorite characters. Um, Jin Urso, Galen Urso, and Chirrut. All from uh, Rogue One. I think that they're unrecognized heroes in what they did for the Star Wars universe as a whole. Like, if we have no Galen and Jyn Erso, we have no New Hope. We have no Trench Run. Um, and I like Galen, or Jyn Erso in particular, uh, one of my all-time favorite heroes ever. Alright, well, that's, so that's interesting, um, because the the next category that we're talking about is best character. And for me, I would classify Jin or I classified Jin Urso as a character. Um, not really a hero, but for me, I, again, I, I think rogue one is absolutely phenomenal, but for me, a best character in star Wars is Jin Erso followed closely and he could very well overtake in season two, but I thought he was fantastic <laughs> is Andor. Uh, I think in terms of a character, that's how I'm classifying them. Those two are presented unbelievably. And for me, those are my two best characters in star Wars. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go next on that. Best character, it's Grogu. Of course it is. Who else could it be? It's Grogu. Yeah, I I mean, is he, is, You're is not he wrong. a hero though, <laughs> or is he just is 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 he not is he's not a hero yet? He's just in that character phase. I don't think I don't. He's no, he's not our hero yet. I I think, you know, Din is is closer to that, but I still classify him as an anti-hero. Um, Bo-Katan might be closer to hero than anti-hero at this point, but she's not the main focus of the show yet. But to me, uh, if you give me the choice between, Hey, we're going to give you new star Wars content. You can have a half hour, pick any character you want it to be about. Like I'm going Grogu. Uh, yeah. I, all right. Character wise. He's, he's in there. He's in there. Um, he's the best. So, all right. I, you've, you've twisted my arm. Oh, just wait till I start working on Last Jedi. All right, I'll wait. <laughs> uh, Brandon, I'll let you go. Harrison, you'll cap off this part of it. 
so best character i'm definitely gonna wait until season two before i give that to andor but let's just say it, he definitely gave a good impression after the first season just even then like how he grows but to me i think maybe overall character is probably obi-wan just seeing him like in fandom mess you start with him as a young padawan he is kind of cocky he has to deal with the loss of his master and then adopt adopt this kid who supposedly is this great power that brings that's going to bring balance to the force like how do you deal with that and then he has to deal with his his student like basically destroying everything that he's known and loved then dealing with the PTSD from that to growing and learning and growing into what you see in rebels when he faces Maul for one last time then to see him give himself up for a new hope in episode four all right Harrison, we're going to keep rolling with the opposite category of best character. Who is the worst character in Star Wars? Uh, so am I saying my best character or worst, worst character? character? Who's who's the worst? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I skip you for best I character? Say, I don't think Harrison spoke. Either. Yeah, I'm, that's all right. I, 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 do your best character hey, and okay. then you'll lead us into worst character. Sounds good. Um, so if if Jin Erso and the the Rogue One team are characters, I will say that like the best hero for me would be Obi Wan, uh, as as Brandon just said. But if I had to put it in order, it'd be Obi Wan, Ahsoka, Qui Gon, and then Rey actually. But as far as character goes, hands down, best character is Babu Frick, without a doubt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He he's like just peak Star Wars to me. Like like I just uh, if anything, I wish there was more Babu Frick. Like I, I walked out of the, my screening of the the Rise of Skywalker with a lot of feelings, but one of them was an undying love for Babu Frick. Yeah. Oh, I so like, we're so I worst liked character. him a lot, but yeah, worst. Lead us with worst character. Um, worst character here. This this is this is hard. Because there's a lot that I don't like, <laughs> and 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 that's weird because I love Star Wars. Uh, but as Rob says, we also don't like Star Wars. And Why do I have so many names on my list for worst character of something I love so much? I know, seriously, and and this is gonna be really stupid. Uh, but worst character is Episode Nine, Palpatine. He's just bad. Like, 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 there's stuff of it that's like campy fun, and I can totally get behind it. But as far as like characterizations goes, it's just dumb that he's brought back the way that he's characterized, like this just over the top, like so much beyond the menace and like, like fear that he brought me in the original trilogy and even in the prequel trilogy, where like he's this conniving, manipulative evil genius he just goes into like this freaky dude who sits on a throne shooting lightning at people and it, it just totally ruins character and so they took a character and made him the worst okay um so here i go nobody say anything to me the, <laughs> the worst character in star wars it is a similar thing to what harrison said the worst character in Star Wars because of how they started 
and how they finish mm. is Padme. I don't care what any of you say. It's the worst. She turns from a completely competent character to I'm so happy to be pregnant and barefoot. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. There is nothing. Everything that's wrong about the prequel trilogy for me is summed up by how they treat Padme over the next two movies. It's inexcusable. It makes her the worst character in Star Wars to me. That's my spiel. Rob, the floor is yours. So I've got a couple of things. I actually had Padme from, and much like how Harrison specified Palpatine in episode nine, I've got Padme from about halfway into episode two. What started as a, yeah, what a waste of what started as a cool, powerful, savvy character who then dies of a broken heart. Lame. Um, Karth from KOTOR, you'll literally slaughter a bunch of innocents while having eyes that are burning bright crimson red, and he'll just be a total pushover and say, you probably shouldn't have done that, and you can literally see him pushing his glasses back on his forehead. What a dweeb. Uh, General Hux, literally just written to be the most obnoxious character possible without anything deeper. He's awful. Uh, you know, we, I guess this is the part where we kind of have to talk about Jar Jar, don't we? Um, so yes, it's it's popular among Star Wars fans to hate on Jar Jar and say he's the worst character ever. And yes, he's terrible, but I kind of my actual worst character and I'm going to group several characters together throughout the prequel trilogy. There are and I'm going to use air quotes here, alleged stereotypical characters throughout the prequels that people have had issue with. Um I'm not the kind of person who uses phrases like problematic in regular speech, but there are people who have selected some of these characters as being problematic in their portrayal and, and that they're alleged racial stereotypes. Now, George Lucas has said very strongly that that's never been the case. He didn't intend them that way. They weren't supposed to be taken that way. And I think, I think you got, I, th I believe him. I take him at his word. I, I, I think on face value, like he, I think people can get influenced by just things that go on without necessarily having it be intentional. You can be influenced by stereotypes and caricatures and, and unintentionally that can make its way out in ways that, that you didn't mean to. But when you look at characters like Watto, Newt Gunray, Boss Nass and Jar Jar, they're all terrible just just because they're terrible characters and it has nothing to do with any stereotypes they might be trying to represent they're literally all just terrible i think those are good answers i i'm going to let brandon i'm going to let brandon cap off this list and i want to then jump back to something that you said rob but i'm going to let brandon go first so to me an honorable mention is probably reva and kenobi I there's something about it. I think maybe they took too long to like really dig into it, but it happens in like her explanation is in one episode. That's it. Then she goes, you know, to go kill Luke, a little child. But outside of that, I will say general Hawks. And now that we've seen his dad in the Mandalorian, that man put his entire life just because he wanted Kylo Ren to lose because he was pissed off at his boss. 
and he can't even like he it's the I'm the spy scene. And then like there's no effort of him to like try and hide it. He's just there and he's like, nothing's wrong here. It's a couple couple votes for Hux, but Rob, I, I wanna jump in and I think you and I can you and I can go first on these things. You you talked about Jar Jar and you said, is this where we have to talk about Jar Jar? But <laughs> that makes me go to a category that's on here. We were going to say, what's the most undeserved hate in Star Wars? That was going to be the next thing. But you mentioned Jar Jar. And I feel like we have to go and say, for me, the best Fan theory in Star Wars is that Jar Jar Binks was pulling the strings. Is it even a, a fan theory? Yes, it's still a fan theory. It's never been confirmed by Lucas. George Lucas was going to make him Jar Jar, wasn't he? No, not necessarily. But that was something in the plans. So that was in there. Rob, to to me, that's the best fan theory. Is that whole thing is orchestrated by Jar Jar? So. The if you want to try to make some justifications, you know, there's all these different times where Jar Jar is being shown as just being pure slapstick and just uh, goofy and, you know, can't even put one foot in front of the other. And then there's plenty of other times where he can like kip up and like has like ninja reflexes and stuff like that, um, you know, hiding in plain sight. The the fan theory is actually a lot of fun and. If you if you if you adopt that fan theory and watch the prequels through that lens, it almost makes them viewable because they're they're really almost not otherwise. Um, the the third one's actually pretty good, but the first two are are actually really bad. Uh, so that that is definitely a fun fan theory. Um, my personal favorite uh, fan theory is that Han Solo is at least force sensitive, if not an actual force capable user. And if you want to have some justification for it, it does seem like this guy gets lucky a lot. You know, he's got that line, never tell me the odds. And and C-3PO tells him, you know, the calculation to make it through this asteroid field is like one in a gigajillion or some kind of crazy big number like that. And and this guy always seems to be where he needs to be when he needs to be there. We've seen him get lucky. We've seen him be able to pull things off, both from, you know, winning the, the Millennium Falcon in a card game and and all the different ways that that luck just seems to follow this guy. You know, you think about him trying to find Luke at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back when Luke is out on the Tauntaun. Um, you know, how did he how did he do that? You know, there's there's things that are almost unexplainable when you really start questioning them about Han if he's not at least force sensitive and can, or can access certain, certain aspects of the force. I think it, it makes it more, more likely. And and you mix some, you know, you mix two force using characters together and you produce Ben. Uh, it's possible that all of that energy and all that ability in one person could, could definitely cause conflict. And you could, you could really make a lot of justifications for that being like a really legitimate theory. That's an int- that's I like that one. That's interesting. Harrison, do you have a, a fan theory that you like? Um, there's the same one. Darth Jar Jar. Um it's my favorite one, probably always will be. Yeah, I I think there's like Rob said, there's certainly things that you could look back on and maybe go, All right, well, he's dumb as hell. Behind the scenes, Palpatine could be manipulating him. He could be using 
the dark side of the force to manipulate and have Jar Jar suggest things. But um, it does actually like watching those movies. Um, not so much the second one, because the second one is really, really hard for me to to stomach and sit through. Um, but going through the first one, it kind of like goes, all right. It doesn't make up for him being super annoying, but there's things there. And I'm like, hmm, all right. Makes it maybe a little bit more interesting. All right. So I kind of just remembered this one, but we talked about Padme, especially in episode three. The idea that Palpatine for basically forced drained Padme and gave her life energy to Anakin. It definitely, it fits the character so well to just then be like, Oh, you killed her instead. Not me, not anything else. And plus it does kind of make up for bad writing there. So I also have a worst one as well. Like the theory that, um, Palpatine created Anakin. I just don't like that one. I don't like the idea of Palpatine making, you know, the chosen one. It kind of just defeats the purpose to me in a little bit. Wasn't that actually in a comic at some point? I think we're like, they changed. I believe from, it was like, she has an immaculate conception, you know, to, to have Anakin be born. Um, and it was like Palpatine, like kind of in the background, manipulating the force to cause it to happen. Like that's um, that's like eight flavors of creepy, like just really, really bad. Yeah. And the thing is, it's kind of also disproven, but I've seen so many people just like run with it, even though like it's in a dream sequence. It's Vader and Anakin's like worst moments. And the line is like. Perhaps it could have been this. It's nothing confirmed or anything. All right. Well, certainly there's probably a lot of them out there, but uh, let's go and go into undeserved hate. And Rob, Rob, I'll let you go first. Harrison and I might have the same thing, but I'll let you go first, Rob. So there's a couple of things that that we could point to again for the millionth time. Nobody hates Star Wars like people who love Star Wars. And and there, there's a character that gets a lot of hate. Um, I'm going to point to Rose from Last Jedi. Um, I'm not even really talking about the despicable way that fans treated the actress uh, herself. Um, but I think the character gets a lot of hate. And and look at different points. She's not written particularly well. The, the stories that she is mostly involved in um, throughout Last Jedi are, are not particularly strong. Um, the, the kiss at the end of it feels forced and out of place. But she's not that bad of a character. So I, I'm going to definitely pick her for undeserved hate. My number one choice, though, um, Matt, you talked about them earlier. The Ewoks, they're really not that bad. Like, I, I don't know why... Maybe I'm on an island here, but it seems like there's just all this hate for them. I think they're adorable. I think they're kind of fun. I, Star Wars has always had elements of of cutesiness and humor and and kind of just, you know, a little bit of silliness at times. You know, these little methed up teddy bears are actually really cool. I mean, they're able to take out ATSTs just with twigs. And, and that's kind of cool. I, I liked seeing that. 
Yeah, I, I, I think they, you know, certainly are on the list. Um, it, for me, an honorable mention, I think, is the movie Solo. Um, I, I think that doesn't get enough credit, especially going back and rewatching it. Um, I actually think that's a v- pretty good movie. I'm not going to say it's very good, um, but I think it's good. And I think that gets way too much. I, I think that gets way too much hate. Um, I, I just, I think it was a, a very well put together movie. Again, I think it came out at the worst possible time for it to come out. Um, but I think that, but for me, the most undeserved hate in star Wars, for me, it starts and ends with Luke's journey in the last Jedi. Um, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of everybody saying, and I, I don't care that Mark Hamill himself says it. That's not my Luke Skywalker. That's not this. There's not that. Let I mean, let's look at it from, you know, fresh eyes. And I like The Last Jedi. There are so many things that are a worse storyline in The Last Jedi than Luke being broken by losing his nephew his sister his best friend like you know i i think that his character development in the last jedi and why he would be secluded and be numb to the jedi i mean he states about it like in their in their all their power the jedi let palpatine come to you know take over the freaking galaxy i think all of his reasoning is good but I think there's so many other things about the last Jedi that people just, they latch on to Luke. And if you sit there and go, if that whole movie would have been about Luke's journey coming back, I think people would be like, Oh, that's actually really well characterized. But when you have a terrible plot point of, I can't remember her name. So if one of you guys remember it right off the bat, uh, the commander who takes acting lead when Leia is, you know, shot out into space, why she feels the need to keep her plan secret from the people that are part of the rebellion is freaking stupid. The whole casino subplot is freaking stupid. Uh, Rose. And again, I, I will say this is from strictly a character standpoint. I don't care if you don't like her, the hate that she got, the messages that she received is completely despicable it's disgusting it's everything that's wrong with star wars uh people thinking that they are keyboard warriors or whatever you want to call them but her like her saving finn her saying you know by what saving the people we love because when the hell did you fall in love with him when did this happen like there's so many other stupid things about the last jedi for a movie that i like that I just, I feel like the hate on Luke's arc in the last Jedi is so undeserved. I I really, again, far be it for me, but for me, people just, they need to get over that. I know people are protective of characters and I, I think Mark Hamill needs to get over it a little bit, but that's, that's just my thought. Harrison, you go next. Cause maybe you feel the same way. Yeah, I I actually do. Um, not, Yes, I agree with everything you said, but but what I would say 
Um, when I f- had most undeserved hate, I wrote down a few actors, um, and I'm not even going to name them all, but just the way that the Star Wars community has gone to ha- like like take their qualms with characters towards actors is just it's just really intolerable. Like it, that, that's just horrible. Like I can't believe that that for the longest time we have a history of doing that. It, it didn't just happen um, in the sequel trilogy. It, it happened with Jake Lloyd and Ahmad Best. I, like, it's just not okay, and that's completely undeserved. But as far as, like, w- in-universe, I would say, truly, and this is my honest opinion as I sat here and thought about it, it's The Last Jedi as just, like, a whole. And I'm sure that, like, this whole time Rob has just been, like, white-knuckling it, waiting for us to just stop talking. Um, and I'm totally okay with people not liking The Last Jedi, and I'm not gonna even for a second pretend that it's perfect. And it's and it's not really like I want to defend all the choices that are made with it, but it really annoys me when people complain. Like like I know Rob jokes about it a lot, but I, it really annoys me when people complain, particularly the way that I see people do it about The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson. Like there are worse movies in Star Wars directed by George Lucas. Attack of the Clones, if you need proof. <laughs> like, like, like the the Last Jedi, sure, you can totally disagree with character choices, and you can say that the throne room fight scene is really bad, like I did, but like the annoying and it, it's not like Rob, like I'm not Rob doesn't do this by no means, but like just lump summing it all in together that Ryan Johnson doesn't know Star Wars and blah 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 blah. Like, I, I just think it's you can criticize a movie, you can dislike it, you can have qualms with it, but I actually kind of like it even in its great imperfections and all the annoying things that that do annoy me about it because, like, look, you, you have two options. You have a sequel trilogy. Okay, if you're not going to go with George Lucas's plan, I'm going to get uh, a little bit on my soapbox here for half a second, but if you're not going to go with George Lucas's plan, which was kind of stupid, and you throw that out the window, and you have two options to go with like a really interesting new ideas in Star Wars, taking us to new areas, making really complex characters that's, that tell really cool stories and doing new things with the universe of Star Wars, and you do that with The Last Jedi that, yes, has a ton of flaws in it. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but it does new things. Or you just have... J.J. Abrams' stupidity, lightning speed, do the same things over again, run from one MacGuffin to another. I'd rather have The Last Jedi. And it, it, it's, I think the reason that this soapbox is so such a passionate one for me is that like the backlash that The Last Jedi got is the reason that we have The Rise of Skywalker, which is why I think it has the most undeserved hate because it's like, look what we got because of it. <laughs> uh, I, I know, it's rant over. I'll get off my soapbox now. I'm just sitting here on my hands. <laughs> yeah no i mean harrison i i agree with and i've said this in my review and everything else it the rise of skywalker even though they kept certain things feels like a sequel to the force awakens more so than it feels like a sequel to the last jedi um with the way they pick and choose it's almost and this movie came out, I think, very well, but it's almost like X-Men First Class where they're like, oh, it's a prequel. Wait, we're completely erasing the X-Men. Like, this starts a completely new timeline where, like, sure, that existed, but then they were like, ah, well, it's sort of a quasi-prequel reboot kind of thing. Um, And then it just really kind of screwed up the timeline, which you thought was fixed with Days of Future Past, and then Apocalypse came out which I like, but it got messy. 
Um, but yeah, no, like the hate that the last Jedi got directly went to the rise of Skywalker going, Oh man, like we almost have to do a complete 180 here. And I like the rise of Skywalker. It's a, it's a guilty freaking pleasure of mine. I just have fun with it. I think some of the storyline plots actually work in it and are good. Um, but yeah, everybody's hate of the la- like is if you want to hate the last Jedi or if you want to hate Rise of Skywalker, like it's directly related to how much people resented the last Jedi, which in a way, and again, I'm I'm far be it from me, like if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like I, I, I totally get it. I think it's does you know, it gets way too much hate, like I talked about. Um, but what was one of the things that a lot of people said? Oh, Star Wars is always the same. We want something different. And then you got something different with The Last Jedi. You got different things from Star Wars, which I appreciated. I appreciated the fact that it looked like, you know, you get the line in the throne room where Kylo says to Ray, like, you're still holding on, let go. It's time to, like, get rid of the Jedi and the Sith and, like, stupid ideas. Like, they're they're done. I think we got something that was, you know, different for Star Wars, and we were we were on the verge of something different. Um, and and maybe that's not what this trilogy needed. Maybe that was better served for a completely unconnected Star Wars trilogy outside of what is the Skywalker saga or what, whatever you want to call it. Um, maybe that wasn't the right time, but again, George Lucas's main idea for the sequel trilogy was, and maybe it would, I don't know, but his overall thing for the sequel trilogy was a lot of Luke's story was the same, but it was going to be Darth Maul coming back in like basically the Palpatine role. Somehow Darth Maul returned. So <laughs> it, it, it really was. And so it's, it's not like it seemed like Lucas had a much better idea for what the sequel trilogy would have been. His idea for Luke was Luke was in hiding. It was the like, they literally took George Lucas's idea. That was going to be part of Luke's story, but I digress. Um, well, I, I just want to say, because I see that the worst movie is next, so I'm sure Rob's going to have his time <laughs> in the sun to just rip The Last Jedi apart, which I will say, to, to be completely fair, Rob actually has some really fair points, and if you are a Last Jedi apologist or or lover, I, I compel you to listen to Rob, because there's actually some things that he's changed my mind about and allowed me to like see through my rose-colored glasses towards The Last Jedi, which is good. And like I'm totally okay with fair criticisms of a movie and like critiques like, Hundred percent. That's how we get better movies is by criticizing them and pointing out the flaws that The Last Jedi definitely has. But what I don't like is that like the hate for it was just so overwhelming that it ruined the sequel trilogy. Like the sequel trilogy, you know, has problems all throughout it. But the the overwhelming and annoying hate that The Last Jedi got wasted characters like Rey, Kylo Ren. Finn, Ben Solo prevented us from getting legacy characters together. Like, like it just it did a lot of things that made the sequel trilogy so much less than it could be. And like we lost all the good parts that the sequel trilogy had, which were kind of few, uh, just because it was hated so much, which is a bummer. 
All right. Last yeah. uh, Jedi's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Rob, anything to say before Brandon goes, <laughs> but finally broke him to say. <laughs> you really did sound broken right there. <laughs> like, I, uh, before, I he's like, I can't believe you guys made right, me. Like I can't that. listen to these two buffoons anymore. I'm, I'm just done. Yeah, Matt. Matt muted my microphone in the chat. He, he went in. He changed the settings, and uh, I had to endure. So, you, the listener, I apologize to you that you had to endure that as well. Um, uh, in all seriousness, if you would like to hear, uh, we actually get really into um, specific problems and and acknowledgments of the things that work and don't work about the Last Jedi. Uh, was it two years ago that we did the uh, the the power rankings of the of the whole Star Wars uh, film series? Was it two years ago, Matt? It's I I, I don't think we did it last year. I think it was two years ago. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. It's it's. Oh, look yeah, that goes to the movies. It's Star Wars Anniversary Edition Part One and Part Two. Um, yeah. yeah. So we, you, the listener, really if uh, if you'd like more Star Wars content, I would encourage you to go back, download those episodes, because um, we really get into some very, very specific uh, back and forth on the things that work and don't work. Um, and unlike other disagreements that happen on the internet, it's very respectful and it's acknowledging what you know when somebody's actually like made something that made sense. Even if you don't necessarily agree to the extent that they, they do, you can acknowledge that, that, that they have a point to it. So I would encourage listeners to go check that out because I think we really do a great job of, of addressing very specific uh, moments within the last Jedi that, that do and don't work um, regardless of if you like the decisions or not, there's certain things that, that work about it. There's certain things that don't work about it, regardless of your thoughts on the individual decision. Um, I looked it up because Rob is spot on about those episodes. They're episode 120 and 121 from May of 2021, so two years ago. So I guess technically this might be the first and a half <laughs> annual MGTTM Star Wars episode. All right, Brandon, you what is the most undeserved hate in Star Wars? So I think overall, yeah, it's going to be the actors... I don't think anyone really deserves that treatment, but that was already said. I'm going to make my father happy, maybe even proud. I'm going oh to say Kylo Ren versus Rey in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah! <laughs> I don't think the Senate... I can. I can finally say I love you. <laughs> <laughs> like definitely underrated to me even though yes the setting sucks it doesn't make sense how is the throne room still intact after that i don't know but the struggle between kylo ren and ben solo just seeing that like actually fully play out after it's been teased looked at throughout the entire sequel trilogy it felt like out of everything that's what like the one storyline that they could actually bring in and hit and make sure it works at the same time. It's that. All right, let's let's move into an underrated character in Star Wars. I mean, it's a, a universe filled with so many of them. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go first. Who is an underrated character for you in Star Wars? 
Um, we've already mentioned Jin Erso, but yeah, 100%. That movie and those characters do not get enough love uh, and don't get enough credit for all the reasons that have been mentioned. I'm going to kind of go with one that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily go to, but I've got Bail Organa on my list of underrated characters. Uh, very important to the the Republic. Uh, very important to kind of the rebellion and the New Republic. Um you know, if what becomes the new Republic, uh, a character that I think doesn't get enough love for uh, playing his role. And then certainly raising Leia and teaching her to, to be a badass. Uh, obviously she's got that in her, but uh, allowing that to happen. So I'm going Bail Organa. It's a good choice. Harrison, where do you stand on an underrated character in star Wars? Um, sorry, my nose just closed. Let me pull it up here. Um, what I have, uh, I mean, initially Ezra Bridger, and everybody else from Rebels, I just feel like, are totally underrated all the time. Um, also, um, uh, oh my gosh, my brain. Um, Captain Rex, underrated character. So much in, just in every way. Uh, but also Finn. I, I feel like Finn from the sequel trilogy was just, he was even underrated by the writers, uh, which is a bummer. He it could have been such an exciting character, and especially in the rise of Skywalker, he just sadly was not. Yeah, I think uh, you know I agree with everybody that was said. Um, I don't think, but for me, again, maybe I'm I'm talking to the the wrong people outside of of this group. Uh, I don't think the character base of Rogue One gets enough love and i think those characters are way underrated in star wars um for what they brought to the table so uh i'm gonna second that so i already mentioned trilla the journey with her and what they're able to do with it i found great and i have to agree with harrison watch star wars rebels it's actually one of the better star wars out there and yeah, I would say the entire ghost crew, ghost crew, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. Yes, it's another Jedi that survived Order sixty six, but the way they're able to handle it with his conversations with Rex, how he grows from it, how him and Ezra just grow together as master as and student, comparing to when he didn't want anything to do with him at the beginning of the show to then where he takes it like after the show and everything with it. It's such a good journey of a master going with this student. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's, I, I tell you, man, some of that it, it's Rob, you and I talked about this with the animated stuff. Cause there's so much of it that like, for somebody like you, it's it's so hard to go back and catch up on all of it. But man, that that animated Star Wars from Bad Batch, Clone Wars, Rebels, you know, it's it's just it's so it's so good. But it's yeah. So uh, we're gonna move into the the best battle in Star Wars, and it can be anything we're not talking like it's just a battle overall and for me it's shown um I, I think the rogue one beach scene is really well done i like that a lot um my favorite battle though 
is something that was relatively new, and it is the Mandalorians versus the Dark Troopers. Everybody flying with jetpacks because we've never seen an aerial or a battle like that before unless I'm mistaking in star Wars where it's not people flying in ships. Um, I thought that was just so well done. It was so fun. Um, I really do think that that whole ending battle to, you know, end that conflict in season three of the Mandalorian for me, um, that is, that is one of the best ones. Uh, Harrison, I'll let you go next there um, for a, a best battle in star Wars. Oh, there's so many. It's really, really hard to pick just one. Um, so I'm going to go with the Rogue One final battle. Like, everything about it. The aerial battle, the people on the 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 beach, um, Jin and Andor kind of, like, sneaking around, doing espionage-type stuff. Like, just the whole thing I love. Um, but other than that, um, best battle um, that... Because we're not doing aerial battle separate... Oh, man, this is really hard. Okay, I have two that I'm going to mention. One of them is the fight between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones. Say what you will about the movie. There's parts of that that are fun to me. But but I'm not just talking about their fight um, on um, the planet I'm suddenly blanking on. But when they fly, when they're flying is Camino. Yeah, thank you. Um, And when they're flying and um, Obi-Wan has to avoid... Um, like, like the aerial battle between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett is just some of the, like, really, really fun Star Wars for me. I really like it. Um, seismic charges are, are a classic, obviously. Um, and then I would also say the aerial battle that starts episode three is just super fun. I think that's some of the best aerial battles we have in all of Star Wars. And that opening barrel roll where Anakin and Obi-Wan barrel roll together in their stu- in their two um Jedi starfighters and roll into the battle and like the camera pans beyond um a big ship I can't remember which one it is and you like see all the battle below it it's just I, I love that scene well if we ever get the uncut version of Revenge of the Sith. Apparently that opening battle is an hour long. Get a whole hour of that. Oh, I would I would watch that in a heartbeat. I, I mean I would I would watch it for the simple fact of it's it, of it's it's there. It's available. But it's that's interesting to me that that original opening scene was an hour long, which is it, it's kind of crazy, but I I'd be really interested to see where that goes. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go next. Brandon will cap off best battle. And then I'll let Brandon start with what we're going to talk about next, which is our worst unresolved plot point. So for best battle, um, absolutely. I'm going to absolutely just say yes to the, the beach scene. in at the end of rogue one, it's so good. I mean, it is just so good. How do you go wrong with the battle of Yavin? I mean, that to me is just, it's an obvious one. You gotta, you gotta point it out. It's, it was iconic. It, it really sets things in motion in the original trilogy uh, of what's going to come next. And the Hoth snow speeder battle is when you just think about absolute iconic, like major war scenes in movies, battle scenes in movies, you know, that that snow speeder scene where he's throwing the tow line around and wrapping it around the legs and, and crippling it and just everything about that is is iconic and cool and will stand the test of time. 
Yeah, no, I all very great points, Brandon. Best battle, and then talk about unresolved plot point. So Star Wars has a thing where most of the movies have a very good third act. No matter what the movie quality is, most of the, those third acts are kind of the leading point of those movies. And it is at its peak to me with Rogue One's third act, the battle on the beach, the battle in the skies, just the development that settles there. Even the scene now it's even better with Andor where they're on the beach and they give one last hug because they, no matter what they did it, a new hope is coming to the galaxy and it all ends in a dark hallway with mechanical breathing and you get one of the best lightsaber sequences in the entire series. And now we're going into unresolved. What was the deal with Maz in the sequel trilogy? <laughs> Cause like she seems super important in the force awakens. I would not be surprised if she was force sensitive at all. And then she's like kind of like Captain Phasma, Ryan Johnson forgot about her. She's in a call with a trade dispute that is that looks like a war is going on there. It's it's a funny scene, but it's like what is that character doing in there and are we going to see them for the rest of the movie? Nope. We're going to do nothing with them. So like what was her deal? Like why was she doing what she's doing? And I don't even know if we're ever going to get an answer to that. Maybe in the Ray Skywalker movie. 15 years later. <laughs> hey, they age. They, they live a very long time. Um, but for me, an unresolved plot point, and I know they, they talk about it, but it's still completely unresolved and it didn't seem like it was supposed to be left open. And again, if rumors are true, we might get an answer to this. But right now, for me, is is I, I mean, they tiptoe around it, and maybe somebody's like, it's obvious. But why did we not just get a hundred percent confirmation that Finn was force sensitive, that he developed? Um, again, let's you know, no roadmap for the sequel trilogy. But to me. I absolutely hated that. I didn't need him to be the main character, even though it really kind of the beginning of the force awakens, like you kind of maybe get a bait and switch there. Like he's going to, um, you know, but for me, him not getting confirmation that he's force sensitive, um, was really dumb. Not really sure why that happened, but Rob, I'll let you go next. And then Harrison, you can cap that off. I've got a couple that I think um, really stand out to me. The Knights of Ren. What a miss. They oh, should yeah. have been so much cooler. Just never really explored why this unit was like the SWAT of the First Order. Um, I, I just I feel like we we should have gotten much more than than what we did. The ending of Solo. This was clearly supposed to spin off into a sequel or sequels or possibly have been its own trilogy you know, before we see Han in, in the events of a new hope, it just, it feels like, it feels like there was more story to be told there um, in film format, not with a tie in graphic novel. I, I really feel like that. 
I, I'm disappointed that the, that never got followed up on to this point. One of my biggest ones, though, is the ending of the video game Force Unleashed 2. Uh, mild spoilers for anybody who's never played it is thinking about it. I think at this point you probably missed the boat, though. At the end of it, we have Slave 1 kind of just hanging out on the back of like an asteroid, I think, if memory serves, and just kind of hanging out and waiting for Starkiller to, to speed off. And then it just sort of releases and gives chase. And we never got a third game. Like it seemed like they were working towards, I want to say it was right around that time when, when Disney uh, made the the acquisition and, you know, uh, anything that was already being in works was, was kind of changed. And, and we never got a conclusion to the story of Starkiller. So um, I would, I would say that's definitely a, a missed uh, unresolved plot point. Yeah. I, I, I like that one a lot. Uh, Harrison, which ones do you got? Um, I'm going to keep it simple. Finn and being force sensitive and just like, especially in the, the rise of Skywalker where he keeps saying like, Ray, I got to tell you something or whatever he says. I just, I feel like that was missed out. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. So, uh, we'll move into who do we think is, and we'll say actor, actress is because is one of the best actors or actresses in star Wars. Um, for me, uh, I'm going to say, I think Oscar Isaac is up there. I I think his portrayal of Poe is unbelievable. I I like him a lot, but again, you can say what you will about the sequel trilogy. Um, I think Adam driver just absolutely 100% delivers I think if it, if one thing stayed consistent and it didn't feel screwed up in the sequel trilogy, to me, it was Kylo Ren. And again, I, I have my own thoughts on, I know some people talk about his character arc in the rise of Skywalker. Uh, I think it's done very well. Um, everything about it. I, I think he is just unbelievable. Um, in, in those three movies, I, I think he is the, the best part. And I think in terms of just overall, because certainly there's, you know, there's good acting in the original trilogy, but again, there's a lot of really, really bad dialogue in that. Um, But I think the performance he delivers for me, he's, he's up there as, you know, one of the best I'll let Harrison, I'll let you go Rob and then Brandon. Um, yeah, it's very similar thoughts to you. Um, Oscar Isaac, I think, is a phenomenal actor who is wasted. Um, so outside of him, I would say Adam Driver, 100%. He, he's fantastic. And also just because, duh, Harrison Ford. Like, I, my name is Harrison. I couldn't not mention him. That would be an abomination. Yeah, very true. Um, speaking of abomination, are you guys ready to talk about Last Jedi again? Um, but I kid. Um, so for me, there's two characters that really jumped out to me that the, the actors portraying them really had, they had the most to work with because we see a lot of them and Ewan McGregor, we get to see him. It was kind of already mentioned what a, what an amazing job he does because we see Obi-Wan throughout multiple stages of his life ending with the Obi-Wan show. And I think he was consistently just absolutely crushing it. Some very emotional moments 
some very important moments and, and he nails everything. And I just, I just love his portrayal from start to finish and Carrie Fisher just absolutely uh, just crushes it in the original trilogy. Every moment she's in um, there's, there's complexities, there's nuance. And then seeing her again in the sequel trilogy, you know, all of those feelings you have about princess Leia now general Leia, it just comes rushing back just when you see her and the way that she approaches the, that character at that stage of that character's life. I loved. Yeah. I think those are all really good points. Brandon. So we keep bringing up star Wars animation and just pretty much as much as like real life actors are important. We also need to talk about voice actors we can't do that without Sam Witwer. Him as Starkiller, as Maul. He crushes it in every single role he's in. Honestly, I hope he gets maybe appearance in whatever game later if they want to tie him in the Cal story. Or we just get a Force Unleashed that's in this canon. Or we get a new movie. I just want to see more of him because he delivers every single time. Yeah, I, I I like him a, a ton. Um, we'll we'll switch in to let's go with Harrison take over on the best line in Star Wars, and then you can go your best and worst moment of Star Wars. Um, best line in Star Wars got to go with my two favorites. That I don't I don't know if they're the best well-written lines, but they're lines that fill me with the most emotion I could say. Um, and one of them is when Obi-Wan says to Anakin, you were meant to destroy the Sith, not join them like that entire line. Like, like the further dialogue that he says, you were my brother, Anakin. Um, I failed you. Like, like there is so much of that that just fills me with emotion, but that line in particular, you were meant to destroy the Sith, not join them. Uh, and then the other one from the sequel trilogy, it's a horrible, it's not a very creative line. It's not a very good movie, but when I watch it, it just in, in like the dumbest way possible makes me extremely excited. Um, when Ray says, I'm all the Jedi, like just way fast story. I went to go see it with one of my friends in theaters when the rise of sky were still in theaters and, and he had already seen it and I had already seen it. We were going back to see it a second time and in the theater, it was like dead quiet that scene. And she like force pulls the two lightsabers to block the lightning from, uh, Emperor Palpatine. And she says, and I am all the Jedi. Well, my friend like blurted it out in a dead silent theater before she said it and totally ruined the line for everyone. And I think about that every time, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, that was a good line. Don't see movies with that guy. Yeah, it, it, I like he he ruined it so badly that like I almost burst out laughing at it and ruined it even more. That's that's pretty good. What is what is your worst moment in Star Wars? Uh, for me, worst moment in Star Wars. Oh man, there that's that's tough. Um, wow. Um, I'm gonna go with the Anakin. Uh, conversation uh, complaining about Obi-Wan. He's holding me back. Like, I just, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's cringy. I can't watch it. I just can't. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go with, so for me, the, the best line goes 
for like one of mine goes with a best moment and it's the dialogue in the Obi-Wan show where they have their final, well, their final battle of that show. And Anakin tells Obi-Wan that he's not his failure. I think that um, is such a great moment. It's such a good written piece of dialogue where, you know, when he's talking to Obi-Wan, part of his, you know, face is now lighted in blue, kind of like absolving Obi-Wan of his guilt. It felt like that. Look, you know, I, you're not going to save me, but I, I, I'm not your failure. I just really like that. Um, one of my other favorite moments. And again, it's, you have to like, think back to everything and how he thought about him and learning different things. I really do love the scene in rise of Skywalker where Ben actually gets Anakin's lightsaber. Um, again, if you don't know who's holding what it's kind of overlooked. Um, but knowing how he, you know, in a, in a terrible way, worshiped Vader, but, you know, just coming full circle. I thought it was really cool that he got to actually use Anakin's lightsaber. I thought that was really, really cool. And then because of the fact for one more, like for me, a best moment, um, because we didn't get all three, it does get me emotional. Um, I really love the moment and the last Jedi where Luke comes in and sits down and talks to Leia. Um, it's really sad. You think, you know, when you think of everything, but I, I really love that moment. I, I think it's, you know, between everything that you've heard Mark Hamill say about Carrie Fisher, um, you know, it's a, it's a, a moment for star Wars fans. It's probably a really good moment for two really good friends. Um, I, I like it a lot and worst moment. Yeah. It's, for me, it's anything in the prequel trilogy with Anakin whining. Because, I mean, it's accurate, but he flip-flops so bad because that scene, Harrison, that you described, three seconds before that, he's talking about how Obi-Wan's like a father to him. And and then he just immediately on a dime just starts whining and crying about him. Um but anything that he does in the prequel trilogy that is just this whining crybaby attitude is is really, really god-awful. Rob, you want to cap yours? Sure. So for best line, I've got, you know, when you think about some of the things in Star Wars, when you think about trying to figure out the best line, God, there's so much iconic, like, just history to pull from. So a lot of mine are going to be more from the classic trilogy. Um, how do you go wrong with, I love you and immediately responded with, I know, I mean, I, I use that in everyday speech. Uh, another one that I find myself just working into my regular speech all the time. Uh, somebody just says, oh yeah, well I'm trying. And I immediately, without even thinking, I immediately respond with do or do not, there is no try. Um, and then sometimes I'll actually do it in the Yoda voice. Um, if it's somebody that I know will actually get what I'm talking about. And if you don't get what I'm talking about, like, why do you not know what that is? Like, that's weird to me. Like you should know that stuff. Um, I love the, the line, why you stuck up half witted, scruffy looking nerf herder. That's a just, that's a great star Wars insult because I don't know what any of those words mean. And I just know that those, that's an insult of the highest level. And I love it. And then 
it's the line everybody gets wrong. No, I am your father. Um, that's great. It's just, it's great. It, it's such a hit. It's powerful. Um, it's a classic. It's, and it's misquoted all the time, but it's a classic. Best moment. Again, I, I'm going to kind of show my bias here to the original trilogy, I think, but there's, there's really a lot to choose from. Han and Leia reuniting in Force Awakens. It, it just immediately, I had such a rush of emotion seeing the two of them see each other for the first time in who knows how long. Um, just absolutely amazing. When we meet Han, or when we see Han and Chewie appear for the first time in Force Awakens, it's so strange to me to think that people who were born in the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s, when they watch Star Wars, that moment won't mean the same thing to them because they didn't wait 30 years for that to happen. Um, that that just happened, you know, they can just stream it on Disney Plus. They didn't they didn't go away from seeing new adventures with these characters and all of a sudden they're back. Um, so that was really an emotional moment for me. Hearing Vader breathe for the first time in Revenge of the Sith as Darth Vader and not Anakin anymore, just hearing that breath for the first time when they closed the helmet down. What chills that just gave immediate. Um, Luke burning Anakin's body and the, just the fire surrounding his helmet at the end of Return of the Jedi was, was really cool. And then I, I've also got, it's hard for me to separate some of these. Like when Din Djarin removes his helmet to say goodbye to Grogu at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, that really, really hit me. And then as far as just great moments in, in Star Wars, when Vader ignites his saber at the end of the hallway and just starts absolutely thwomping rebels in Rogue One, what an unbelievable scene and really shows the best of, of Vader. So Star Wars can be amazing when it's at its best. And when it's at its worst, we have floating CG pairs in Attack of the Clones. We have Anakin's Immaculate Conception. We have Padme dying of a broken heart as she's giving birth to her twins. We have Luke tossing the lightsaber off the cliff in The Last Jedi, which I know is controversial on this show. But to me, I was like, I hated that. Uh, somehow Palpatine has returned another low, low point in the series. Uh, you, some of you guys had it rigged as a, as a, as a bad liner, but it's just, it's among the worst moments. The brother sister kiss. Yeah, that's, that's probably the worst one for me though. Yeah. Especially because I, Lucas has admitted that they were going to be brother and sister. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> but, um, that is just a weird thing. Uh, Brandon, you're closing this segment out. So what's funny is my best line, my best moment, and actually my worst moment kind of go hand in hand with each other. For best line and best moment, they're both conclusions to character arcs in the original trilogy. The line is, I am a, fa- I am a Jedi like my father before me. It's so, like that scene just perfectly puts in the hero's journey. All of Luke's struggles finally get resolved in probably the best way possible. And then my best moment is Vader's redemption, especially when you think of everything that happened in the sequels and the extended stuff, seeing Anakin Skywalker come back, fulfill his destiny as a chosen one, by by not fighting what he hates but protecting who he loves now my worst moment is 
throwing that all away and having Palpatine come back because it's also just an epitome of how that movie goes, how the sequel trilogy goes, and just, we can't write anything original. Let's just rehash everything. Screw character arcs or anything. This is what people will will react to. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Um, that's that's a really good point. So, you know, it's it's been a lot of talk. Um, there's so much in the Star Wars universe. Some things we've probably never covered. So, you know, listeners, if there's something that we didn't talk about, tell us what are some of your favorite moments, characters. You know, as the prequel trilogies have garnered more fans and people look back on them more fondly than maybe most than maybe most of us do on this show. Um, Let us know about those things, um, because we are going to be capping off this episode. So realistically, just guys, thank you so much for being a part of this. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Rob, you and I have said it before, man, when, when Star Wars is fun, there's almost nothing better to talk about. There's nothing like it in the world. And it's, it's why it is the most dominant piece of pop culture. I think you'll find worldwide. I think some of the, just even the sound effects, the music, the characters, the names, you can find people all over the world that will recognize them and have a reaction to them. And I don't know how many other things you can say that about maybe like the Coca-Cola logo, like people will recognize to the same extent that they will star Wars. There's not much else that, that competes at this level. And it's easy to see why fans for, for over 40 years now have fallen in love with the galaxy far, far away and the characters uh, within it. Yeah, I mean, here in Buffalo, if you don't think Star Wars is popular, go to Star Wars Night at a Bison's game where they usually sell 5,000 tickets and go to Star Wars Night and the entire place is packed um, and you can't buy a ticket. Um, That's actually a really cool thing to go to. Um, It's a lot of fun. But uh, we do want to take a second, um, unfortunately, towards the end here. on completely different timelines. Um, Harrison did have to, uh, you know, close out before we actually close out this episode. So if you have never checked out Harrison show, uh, he has a movie podcast, which inspired this one called the basement binge. Uh, his show is in the notes of this episode. He goes so in depth with his reviews, with behind the scenes stuff, directors. It just it, it's so cool to listen to him talk about movies. Uh, Rob, you just listened to his review on Dungeons and Dragons, correct? Yeah, Harrison um, goes to the theater a lot. And what's great for someone like me who goes to the theater almost never and has to be very choosy with my time just because I just don't have a lot of time Um for movies that I don't know that I'll actually get a chance to watch uh, or it, it, I might not even get a chance when they hit streaming. Uh, I love that Harrison is is so active in, in publishing reviews on current films because I'll listen to those and be able to feel like I've uh, gotten the experience of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it really does. Like you almost you feel like you've seen it and 
it for me he does such a good job that it's like I either am going, oh, man, like I was on the fence about seeing this, that a lot of his reviews would be like, no, OK, I'm going to see I like I have to go see this or I have to search this out and maybe I'll pay 20 bucks because it's on, you know, uh, digital service. So it, it's it's just really cool to listen to his reviews. But thank you to Harrison for being here. Uh, thank you to listeners uh, with this Star Wars episode. Uh, we also have kind of finishing up one of our original projects that we were talking about. Rob suggested some bad video game movies, um, some which are so bad they're good, some which are they're so bad they're just you have to toothpick your eyes open to, you know, to continue to watch it. Uh, but the next one on the list, Rob, was, you know, your suggestion, which was Street Fighter, which. I've been able to view already again, you're going to get to that so we can, you know, record that episode this week, but man, I, I am so excited for, for that one. <laughs> yeah. Listeners stop downloading the episodes where we talk about bad movies, because that only encourages us to have to force ourselves to watch these things. Um, we recently did. Um, we've been doing a lot of video game adaptions lately, certainly inspired by things like the last of us on HBO, which was just an un an unroom, just an unbelievable achievement in, in television production. So we've had that and we watched Halo last year and we've had some other video game adaptions here and there. So we decided, and, and the recent Super Mario animated film, which was really a lot of fun and, and definitely worth going to see. So we wanted to revisit the live action Super Mario movie from 1993. So you can check out our review on that. Uh, it was not any fun to watch, but it was certainly fun to talk about. And I kind of feel like that is going to continue with the next one with the uh, street fighter that we will be hopefully recording on later this week. Yeah, absolutely. Been a ton of fun again, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us for this star Wars themed episode. It has been a lot of fun again, Go to the show notes, follow us on social media, hit the subscribe button. Let us know what you think about this episode, anything that you would like to see personally, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.